non-benders alike. Welcome to Braving the Elements, Nickelodeon's podcast about all things Avatarverse. Not sure what that was, but I'm Janet Varney. And I'm Dante Bosco. Last week, we were getting our kung fu fighting on with Brian Konetsko and Sifu Kisu, which was incredible. Oh, yes. The magic of martial arts. So amazing. It is a must listen. And the fan responses have been incredible. We're also super excited to get into this recap of the first episode of the big two-parter, Winter Solstice Part 1, The Spirit World. That's right. This is a doozy. These are really, really important episodes that we're about to do. They all are, but this was definitely one. When you get that larger sense of how connected to time and the calendar and prophecy and the way that nations are linked to one another, and of course, the spirit world. Yes. That's a huge addition to this Avatarverse that we've been seeing build from the six episodes leading up to what we just recapped, Imprisoned, where, you know, we see Katara help rally this earthbending village to defend itself against the Fire Nation. And you made the very salient point that you said, we're seeing them have these adventures all over and the word may be spreading that people are standing up for themselves against Fire Nation soldiers in certain areas that the, the, the rumor mill might be going, maybe instilling a sense of hope in people all over the Earth Kingdom thinking maybe we maybe we don't have to take this anymore from the Fire Nation. Right, Dante? Yes. And we end that last episode with uh, everyone's favorite Fire Nation prince. Oh, boy. Grabbing a hold of Katara's drop necklace. Good old Prince Zuko's on hot on the trail. Ha! Yeah. I gotta tell you, I missed Zuko in that episode. I missed him. And I was glad to see him at the end, even if I was shocked, surprised, and scared. He just wants to scare people for real quick, you know? Still, still being angry, but caught himself a little bit. He's a good, you know, he's a good little soldier. A lot of people talk trash about him around the Fire Nation, but the guy is on it. He doesn't get all the credit <laughs> for how on it he is, but he's. Yeah. My man is on it. No, you're not wrong. I mean, he found that necklace. I don't even know how that happened, but he found it. So I don't know how that happened. I don't know where that <laughs> necklace was at. We're like, I don't know. <laughs> he found it. He found it. So that is where we left off. Where are we going to go next? We are going to an Earth Kingdom village, a different village than ones we have recently visited. And we find out quickly that this village is being attacked on a basically, I think, a nightly basis by a monstrous spirit. And so that wraps up Aang into trying to figure out if there's anything he as the Avatar can do. He doesn't really know how to. A whole bunch of stuff happens with this spirit. And at the same time that everything's happening with this angry spirit, we also have this whole kind of adventure happening nearby wherein Iroh gets captured. Zuko's got to track him down. And there's just a lot of action that takes place in this episode. Action-packed episode. Action-packed. And on top of all of that, We get to know the spirit world and we find out that there's a very important message that needs to be communicated to Aang by Avatar Roku. But there is a very specific time and place that this has to happen. So that sets us up for the second part of this two-parter. So again, the Winter Solstice Part 1, The Spirit World, we're talking about today. It was written by Aaron Ahaz and directed by Lauren McMullen. Want to get into it? Let's jump right into this bad boy. This episode starts, they they kind of dive into this, you know, it's very lush green area, but in the middle of it is this totally blackened, scorched earth 
part of this land and it's all been burnt. We assume that's all due to the Fire Nation and Aang gets really sad. You know, he like kind of lands in front of like the scorched earth and this kind of like burnt down tree, a burnt down statue of some sort. And he feels um, very, he just feels guilty that he he let this happen. And they, they start to have a real conversation, A, about the responsibility of the Avatar. There's also, you know, there's some kind of, uh, kind of eco talk about this place being burnt down. And, and then Katara, you know, tries to cheer him up saying there's acorns around. And that means it will someday grow back, which kind of doesn't really brighten him up, but kind of he gets a little bit of he gets out of it, snaps out of it a little bit. And I think the fact that Sokka says it looks like a scar. And I think that is really that's a great setup to exactly what you were just describing, especially as relates to this idea of the earth being hurt by something and nature being harmed by something that um, was unnatural in some way. And that exactly what you said, that Aang you know, feels the sense of responsibility, but also a sense of, I don't know what to do. You know, that's the scariest place for any of us to be in, right, is a feeling that we it, we need to do something to help a situation, but we just don't even know where to start. So that's a very intimidating kind of, you know, he's like in a mini existential crisis for a lot of this season because it's just like, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? How can I help? And as he's kind of in the state, Katara's trying to cheer him up. Then we have this old man approach who saw Appa and who sees Aang's head. He sees the arrow on his head and he recognizes him. He's like, are you, you know, are you the Avatar? And then he asks him for help, right? Right. He says, uh, we're being ravaged by a forest spirit. Hey, bye. And, and we need the Avatar's help. And it's interesting now because now they're totally open to, they were hiding the fact that he's an avatar everywhere else, but now I guess things are getting out there. That's a good point. He's not hiding in this one. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. And while this is going on, meanwhile, on the other side of town, we open up on an old Fire Nation man, <laughs> soaking in his birthday suit in uh-huh. the hot springs, that he heated himself because he is a master firebender my uncle iroh it actually looks kind of nice it's like it does doesn't it it does yeah it's not just one hot spring he's like there's a there's a bunch of little ones. A cascading kind of waterfall oh it's cascading. awesome cascading yeah and he's there he's relaxing he's chilling he's like i actually warm this water up to the exact right temperature i mean my man he's you know he's a general he's general iroh but he also understands a life of luxury and <laughs> likes to partake <laughs> in this luxury and he's chilling he actually he's like zuko jump in yeah and I, you know this is the deal i love my <laughs> uncle i mean i'm hot you know i told you guys i'm hot on the tra- i just found the necklace i'm like hot on the trail a yeah. so i really want to get you know let's get down to this i'm running to get out of my business but yeah also i'm really trying to go into the hot tub my uncle. <laughs> like it's not you know I'm what I'm trying saying? To laugh more off mic because you make me laugh so hard, and I know how loud my laugh is, guys. I know how loud. I, it's not my fault. He's so funny. I'm not trying to get and my uncle. I'm like, let's go, and then then uncle like gets up naked, <laughs> naked, and Zuko's like, hey, hey. Which, by the way, thank God he holds up his hand because I think that's the only thing that stops us from seeing how naked Iroh is. Yeah, he's naked. And yeah. no, I'm not trying to be just me and you in this yeah. jacuzzi right now, That's Uncle. Right. 
I think that scare does that scare him? He gets so uncomfortable. That's what ends up working to Iroh's advantage, yeah. right? He's like, oh, whoa, whoa, yes. whoa, whoa, whoa. You could have a little more time. I just don't want to see that. And like gives him basically a deadline, you know? That's the old folks move. They always want to just embarrass the younger generation so they can have a little more freedom to do what they want to do. That's that's what that move is. It worked. It worked. We're all going to get old enough one day to pull that move. Zuko yeah. takes off. Let's his uncle do his damn thing for a little bit. And then he like dozes off. And then he when he wakes he up, he's asleep. like scared that he hears a rustle. And then it turns out to be this tiny, cute little guy that I guess is a meadow vole. What animal is that? Well, a vole is kind of like a mouse. And I don't think it's a hybrid animal in this case. Meadow vole? A vole is like a mole slash, you know, it's one of those little rodents who likes to burrow around and stuff. I've never heard of the word vole in my life. Yeah. I like those little guys. Iroh's very kind to this little guy. He's like, oh, hello, you know, you're so cute. And he's kind of, you know, holding him and stuff. That's very short-lived because then they both get freaked out because they are discovered. And he is caught by Earth Kingdom soldiers. They know right away, too. That soldier is like, that's a that's a Fire Nation soldier. And then the other one's like, that's a general. And they're just like, they're on to him so fast. They so fast are like, that's General Iroh. Well, yeah, that's what they said. He's like, this, it's a Fire Nation soldier. And like, no, that's the Dragon of the West, which is the first time we're understanding like, oh, he's the Dragon of the West. Because up till now, he's been kind of a bumbling old man uncle taking care of like his rich bratty prince of a nephew. I mean, the Dragon of the West, that is like a serious name. So for Shadow Report, just in this episode, we're going to actually start to see who Uncle Iroh really is or really yeah. was but still is yeah we know this either through the like the commentary or maybe we hear this later but it does turn out that i think he's called the dragon of the west because he can breathe he's heating up those right. springs with steam from his nostrils this is not something right. we have seen before so he's got some moves he's got some moves I guess he does deserve totally. to be called the Dragon of the West. That's a pretty big deal. I mean, yeah, not everybody gets um, gets gets a name like that, you know? Like, you, you're legendary if you're like yeah. a soldier and you actually get a name. A lot of good it's doing you now. That name is actually getting you, like, locked up because they're so, they're, like, psyched that they found this huge figure in the Fire Nation right. lore. But this, like I said before in the last episode, is now these Earth Kingdom are fighting back against the Fire Nation. Like, let's capture them. Great point. Because now it's like a 180 from the last episode with Haru and Tyro. There, of course, it was Earthbenders imprisoned by Fire Nation. Now it's Fire Nation imprisoned by Earth Kingdom. And then we go back over to Aang, and Aang is trying to do his job as the Avatar. He's trying to, you know, it's his feels responsibility. Can I communicate with the spirit? What can I do? At least I got to go out there at sunset and see if I can maybe talk to this thing. Like The youthfulness starts to happen. So the boyishness of who the Avatar is, who Aang is, where, and he's not he's complaining he's just like there's no one to teach me how to be the avatar like you have to go out there and talk to a spirit animal like i who's gonna tell me how to do this i mean he's like i gotta go but i don't know one i don't have one iota of what the heck i'm supposed to do and and you start to feel really feel for the kid because you're like oh yeah there's nobody to teach you this for sure by the way that's a super scary spirit that 
bursts out of the forest. I mean, that's a scary creature to me. That's a thing of nightmares. Yeah. It has several different arms and legs and kind of like, it's like straight out of some anime. Like you could have a night, like imagine little kids watching this. They're like, that's scary. Oh, I straight up would have had nightmares. Give me nightmares. Yeah. And he's trashing this town. He's going hard. Yeah. Gotta love Sokka. It's like, he can't handle this by himself. I don't know what Sokka thinks he's going to do, but he runs out, tries to help. Spirit grabs him, starts spiriting him away. I guess pun intended, spirited away. Shout out to spirited away. Spiriting him away. And, you know, then Aang's like, how do I, you know, he's trying to catch up. He's trying to stay caught up and, and somehow save Sokka. He totally fails. Does not save Sokka. Got close, though. He got close. He was, like, grabbing his hand, and then all of a sudden, Sokka's into the spirit world. Just disappears with the spirit. Yeah. The dude's a straight-up body snatcher. He's going to the town every night and snatching (laughs) bodies and taking them. That's horrific. That is, like... Yeah, because this thing's been... We find out this thing's been taking people. It has been taking... Sokka's not the first. For a while. This thing has been taking people, and the town is, like... We're losing people every night. And he's coming back and he's like destroying houses while he's doing yeah. it. It's very bad. They need to get the Ghostbusters because that thing is intense. <laughs> they try to get him into one of those, don't cross the streams, get him into a tiny little box that hisses. Exactly. That don't cross the streams. We need to get him in that box. Out. That's right. <laughs> that is where we are left with Aang in trouble we're left with this window doorway into the spirit world. And that's the other thing that uh, that we should point out, too, is that when they first encounter the kind of mayor of the town, the old man leads them to the sort of head guy. As I recall, he says, hello, I'm the head guy of the village. Hello, how are you? Me, head guy, you avatar. I think they're related. They look like they're like father and son, but could I'm be. not sure. I was like, could be. They look like they're related to me. Well, I think you could be right, but I don't think that's as important as the thing I'm about to say, which is that, <laughs> <laughs> which is that he's he's like this is getting worse and worse because we're getting closer and closer to the winter solstice, and right. Aang's like, "What does that mean?" And what were one of the kids says, "What does that mean?" And he says that. The line between the real world, the regular world, and the spirit world, that the line that divides them starts to sort of disappear and they kind of start to interact with each other the closer you get to winter solstice. So that is this kind of connection that nature, winter solstice being the shortest day of the year. Or the longest night of the year. Or the longest night of the year. Glass half full, half empty. Shortest day, longest night. They both mean the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) But he also says the older guy... The man in charge, whatever, does tell us that. Oh, the head guy? The head guy does <laughs> say that the Avatar is great. The Avatar is here to help because the Avatar is the bridge between the spirit world and our world. And so he is actually the only one that can help us. Yes. So we've just left them. We don't know what's going to happen to Aang. We certainly don't know what's going to happen to Sokka. And we come back to this pool where Zuko last left his uncle, and what's going on there? So they're like, he must have thought that we left him, one of my guys say. But then smart Zuko investigates a little bit further and sees that, no, these 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 rocks are around the, top, the, the cascading pools. And one of his guys is like, it's like, it's, the line I love, he says. <laughs> yeah, tell me. What? 
What are you going to say? What are you going to say? I don't think there's that much investigation necessary. I'm just going to say he's investigating. This dude is Sherlock Holmes right now. Yes. Yes, he's using his forensic. But what I did love the line. They said maybe it's a landslide, and Zuko says, land doesn't slide uphill. Boom! Do not argue with that logic. I mean, Columbo. I mean, my guy <laughs> is a Fire Nation Columbo, and no one listening to this podcast even knows what I just said. I Don't do. know who Columbo is. And I will say, I'm just looking for my Uncle Iroh. Uh, where did I leave him? Let's see. He was right here in the, uh, oh, let me just there look over is. here. This, uh, yeah, I got you. You got me. Don't you worry. And so he realizes some Earth Kingdom people got his uncle, and I believe it cuts to my uncle, scantily clad. <laughs> he has a loincloth on now, and he's on the back of some kind of ostrich horse animal. Yeah. Ostrich horse. Yeah. And he's shackled. Yeah. They got my man shackled with no clothes on. This is not UN sanctioned situation going <laughs> on right now. You got my. And they are hot on taking him to the sort of capital. Ba Sing Se. Yeah. And that's what I think this is maybe the first time we hear the words Ba Sing Se. Like we've heard that there's a main city of the Earth Kingdom referred to kind of more obliquely. But but now we he- we're hearing Ba Sing Se is the place to be to take him. And also he laid siege to that city for like right. 600, 600 days. 600 days. 600 days. I wrote, geez, that's a long time. I mean, they, they start talking about his glory. I mean, he's the dragon of the West. But I guess one of the legends uh, within that time for Uncle Iroh is he laid siege to Ba Sing Se, which was taking him right now. But they were, they were saying, but we never went under. It's like what they say about London, about, you know, when the, the Germans were attacking London yeah. for all these days. And they're like, yeah. but we never fell. That's yeah. what Ba Sing Se is saying. And 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 then Uncle Iroh said, "Well, I was tired. Six hundred days is a long time." <laughs> Fair. And he but said, he "I'm seems tired like he right now." He respects it too, you know. He's like, "No, he is." He's like the great he city is. of Ba Sing Se. You're like, you don't sound like you have contempt for it. You sound like you respect no. that this sti- that the city stood up against you as well. You know, like there's I think honor he does in that. Have respect for it. Yeah, he definitely. He's not. He's the one of those guys that kind of got through war that kind of like understands the poetry of war on the other side and how contradictory it is to to do it all you know but he yeah. does use that moment to say he's tired that 600 days is a long time and they we you couldn't do it you know you guys are great and then he goes i'm tired right now and he lays down and into the dirt <laughs> in his shackles yeah. yeah and we go what is my man doing except yeah. for what did he do Uh-oh. left his slipper that's right left his slipper little twinkle in no, his eye don't turn him into cinderella <laughs> He left his slipper because he knows he has a bloodhound of a of a nephew. Is that like Zuko has to go take the slipper and try it on a bunch of old men because he can't remember what Iro looks like? Would you try on the slipper? I must find you, <laughs> Iro. But you know, couldn't he have just like undid his slipper from the from the back of that ostrich horse? I don't know. I, I mean, wasn't it's a there. slipper. You could just take a slipper because the slipper you don't have to undo a shoelace. It's just a slipper. Like yeah. kick it. That's yeah, it. like a flip. You could say flip flop. You could say sandal. I guess you could also say it's slipper. A, it's a slipper. <laughs> it's a slipper. But we all have slippers, and we all know to un to take that slipper off. Guess what? Open that big toe from the other toe and just 
kick, and guess what? It's flying off, but not Uncle Iroh. Uncle no. Iroh's going to lay down on that ground, on that dirt. He's got to put on a show. And then kick the slipper off. Yeah. Then get yeah. back on. But he did a little smile when he left that slipper. He's like, let that slipper for my, my nephew. Well, again, we have yeah. seen how effective of a tracker Zuko is. So that smile is there for a reason. It's totally... He doesn't get the credit. He doesn't get the credit, but, oh, man... It's true. He actually goes by himself yeah. to track his uncle. Yeah. So we go back to Katara being very worried about Sokka. And, you know, the old man is trying to reassure her, like, oh, it's gonna, everything's going to be okay. You know, just have faith, trying to have faith. And Aang... Uh, Aang comes back from this experience, this crazy experience that he has had trying to chase mm-hmm. down this spirit who has Sokka and he feels terrible and, and he goes to Katara and says, you know, I couldn't, I wasn't able to get him. I couldn't catch him. And Katara just doesn't acknowledge him at all. And then the right. old man isn't acknowledge. I mean, so it's, it's clear, like, he's not visible he is now not visible even though he is there and he realizes that at some point he has slipped into not unlike iroh slipping in and out of his slipper he has slipped into the spirit world when he was reaching for Sokka's hand and then they disappeared you know he kind of crashes because he was reaching for it and then they went to a commercial break and so when he came back from the ground i think that accident i could be wrong you guys let me know i think when he had that accident that kind of shocked him yeah. into the the spirit realm that we she did we don't realize until he goes and he tries to talk to Katara and Appa but they can't see him. He's just like Patrick Swayze and Ghost like I'm right here. But no, you're yeah. not there. Oh, Ghost. You're not there. Just like we're not going to be around here for a second, but in our case it's just a short break and we'll be back. And we're back. But Aang isn't He's still invisible, right, Barney? Aang is like, okay, this is a real wrinkle in things because I have not been able to save Sokka. Now I can't even communicate with Katara. I can't communicate with Appa, which I personally was a little surprised by. In some weird part I, of my brain, I yeah, thought I maybe thought Appa could. and his connection would be so strong, you know, that Appa would right. be able to feel him. Plus, he's an animal. They say animals yeah. can see the spirits, don't they? Yeah. Well, like in life or like here? I don't know. I thought I heard it somewhere. But the other thing is, the other thing is where he quickly finds out not only can no one see him, he can't airbend in the spirit world. Doesn't have his powers. That's a bummer. Meanwhile, Zuko finds the slipper and there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of cutting back and forth here. This is like, he can't talk to them. No one can see him. He's there. Zuko finds the sandal. Aang's talking to Katar. She can't hear him. Zuko's on a strange animal. He's on a Komodo rhino, which I think is very inspired. Yeah, we're going to find out more about that animal later on through through another tracker for Shadow Report, another tracker in the future. The point of the ships, the point of the Fire Nation ships looks like a rhino horn. Is it? And when the when the drawbridge comes down and they come out, it looks like a kind of looks, looks like a rhino opening its mouth. Go back, review it, I let me know go. if I'm right. And then so finally Aang is like he's just doesn't know what else to do. He's just calling out into the sky, Avatar Roku, how can I talk to you? How can I talk to you? He's so frustrated. Right. And he sees this glimmer of light and then yeah, you're right. He that's when he's like tries to use his glider he has no bending powers and bad time to realize this because all of a sudden he is face to face with a very intimidating glowing blue dragon yikes yes then this glowing blue dragon does some weird stuff he 
I don't know if this is a whisker or a nose hair or a nostril <laughs> tentacle. I don't know what that is on a dragon. Something with fiber optics for sure comes and just <laughs> touches him and plugs into his brain. And then all of a sudden he has these images go through his mind and he recognizes that it's Roku's dragon. And Roku is the last avatar from the Fire Nation. And that's his dragon, Fang. Which that's a pretty cool name for a dragon, Fang. I don't mind that. It's great. It's great. And he says it's Roku's spirit animal or spirit. Yeah. I don't know exactly what it's like. It's like his spirit like dragon. Like yeah, it's a spirit animal. Mine. Like, like his animal that his is like connection. Yeah. And then Aang ends up on Fang flying through the air. And our understanding of this up to this point is that no one can see him because he's in the spirit realm. He flies over the soldiers who have Iroh. Iroh straight up sees him. I know. What the heck? He sees him. I mean, is that ever explained? I mean, that is a real jaw dropper. That is a rewatch. You got to watch it again. That's a rewatch. Rewatch moment. This guy can see something in the spirit world. Well, he is a dragon of the West. That was a dragon. Right. And I love that you said that because it just hits home. You know, this dragon parallel. It's like reminding us that the Fire Nation is not all bad. Of course, we know that. But I think just having that symbolism sort of reminding us like, look, you know, there's this transition. Good isn't always good. Bad isn't always bad. Characters exist in the in-between like we all do in life in many ways. And as we learn more about Iroh and we're falling in love with him more, you know, here he is seeing this spirit dragon and presumably Aang. And he's still naked in a loincloth on the back of an <laughs> uh, ostrich horse. I mean, my God, this is friggin' General Iroh, you guys. Well, he's got a plan. Could you imagine someone like Colin Powell on the back of a friggin' horse <laughs> in a loincloth? He's just going to bring him for Well, now I can. Gonna... I don't want to, but I mean, now what? I can imagine it. And like, who, why do we got Colin Powell in a loincloth all shackled up on the back of a friggin' horse? Stop it. Ostrich. Put some clothes on him. Treat, yeah. Ostrich horse. I'll tell you what, and you agree, I know you do, that Iroh just does not seem bothered by it at all. So it, it's if it's good for him, Iroh, it's, I guess it's good for me. I mean, for, it, for him to stay in his loincloth. He seems very comfortable. The only thing he says he's uncomfortable about is his shackles. He says, he tells the soldiers they're too loose. He's like, oh, they're knocking against my joints. Help me. Help me. Please make them tighter. Soldier's like, you're crazy, but also, okay. And they go to tighten him up, like, whatever. This weirdo wants us to tighten him up. Happy to make him feel worse. But he's got a whole other plan, right? He heats up yeah. those cuffs. He heats them up and, starts to, and burns them. And yeah. burns the folks. And then, guess what he does? I'm going to tumble off the cliff. <laughs> My man tumbles down the cliff, which is very reminiscent of my lost boy days when we had thud butt turn uh-huh. to thud ball and just roll down, roll down. No Let one can down. stop him because it's That's too right. much velocity going on. You can't stop that. And so look, we cut away before we see what the outcome is. So it's still possible that he this is all a master plan that is going to go off without a hitch that somehow involves him rolling down the hill in a dirty, dusty type way. Because we cut right in back a to loincloth. 
in a loincloth and shackles. He's gone. We do not know what's going to happen. We go We f- go back with Aang real quick. Where he's with Fang. Fang takes him to this temple on this sort of red, you know, we immediately get the sense of it being Fire Nation on this kind of crescent-shaped island. And then they go into this temple, uh, which they pass through without having to go through a door, of course, because they are still spirits. And we see this amazing statue of Roku, who's sort of surrounded by this, it's, I don't, it's not a, st- a throne because he's standing but it's almost like what you would see the game, like almost like the Game of Thrones throne. There's this giant, beautiful gold kind of wall of fire behind him. Right. He, the statue's golden, is standing there. A beam of light, very Indiana Jones. There's a beam of light coming there through. There's some real Indiana Jones stuff happening. And there's like, and then Fang is communicating this this vision of a comet. It's all very metaphysical. There's a lot happening. Yeah, but you, you start to read those signs and it becomes a calendar. You know, the, all those, the Chinese characters on the ground. Yeah. I think are represented. And the light like the is hitting through seasons. windows on different days, and he's sort of, right, getting that vision. There's a lot of stuff going on. I don't know when you're watching it, who's getting all this stuff. That's why it's so fascinating how they did this. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm like watching it going, what what's going on? Like, how, how is this happening? And the dragon's not talking. Dragon's yeah. not talking. It's all psychic. It's all visions and psychic. And But then the beams of light seem real. They seem like they are kind of traveling so that he kind of understands, right. okay, the moment that I need to be in is this moment of the winter solstice. That's ultimately kind of what he arrives at is like, okay, the only way they can speak is at this temple on the winter solstice. And that's a lot of information that kind of right. rushes into his head through these series of visions. And he still has to go back. And yeah, and he still he's has still... to go back and find Sokka <sighs> and deal with the the spirit, the spirit. Yeah. He still has to do all that. He yeah. still has to do all that. Yeah, he's got uh, he's got a lot on his plate. And then meanwhile, we go back to Iroh. Let's see. He's got this great plan. It involves tumbling down the hill. He's got this. He's got this. He tumbles down the hill, and then the soldiers just grab him at the bottom of the hill. Yeah, the soldiers kind of do a cool, like, surf down the hill. Like, they do, like, some yeah. earth surfing down the hill because they're earthbenders. Yeah. So it's, like, nothing for them, A. Yeah. Then they get down the hill, and they grab them, and they realize Dragon of West too dangerous. They're like, yeah, Dragon <laughs> of the West too dangerous. We need to do something about this dude. He's he's outsmarting us every along the way. What can we do? What should we do? Again, this episode, we are just flashing back and forth from scene lit to scene lit. Everybody's got their various animal that they're riding, including the ostrich horses that Iroh was on. And then we go to Katara and there she is riding Appa in the air, looking around for Aang. And then from the ground, we see Zuko who looks up and sees Appa and he knows what that means. So, and he's been following these ostrich tracks looking for Iroh. I mean, there is just a lot going on. Heck of a tracker, that Zuko. I know he is. I know you're right. And then we go back to Aang, who's still riding Fang. Everybody's on an animal. Aang's on Fang. That rhymes. (laughs) We got the Aang Fang. Fang takes Aang back into, basically sends him back into his own body. We see that Aang has sort of, his, his physical body is sitting on the top of this bear statue. So he sort of takes him back and then he gets to tell Katara what's going on, which again, it's a lot to report. She's like, I don't have your brother. Then they go back to the soldiers. Right. Now we go back to the soldiers. The soldiers' big plan is like, you know what we should do? We should crush this old man's hands with the big old rock. 
<laughs> it's actually horrifying. It's so They're like he fire bends with his hands. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna earth bend a big old boulder and smash oh. his hand. We're gonna maim this old yeah. dragon of the west. Let's maim him. Not good. And so they got him like sprawled out over these things. They're about to crush his hands. And I, I'm really was like, that's that's an intense choice right now. But as they're about to drop the boulder upon old Uncle Iroh's hands, here comes Prince, good old Prince Zuko with a nice flying kick. Yeah. Gets doesn't the, even the boulder fi- out doesn't of the way. Doesn't even firebend. He has an amazing move. He's got his flying kick. Hits that chain so hard, it just breaks. I mean, that's not even firebending. It's that's great. just good martial arts. It's not even firebending. And again, an incredible action fight scenes be- between the earthbenders and the firebenders. And one of the really poignant lines that Uncle Iroh says, the earthbenders go, well, you're outnumbered. And Uncle Iroh says, well, you're clearly outmatched. And you understand how brilliant of a firebender and a soldier that Uncle Iroh is. And not only that, how he's how much he's taught Zuko. Like now this guy's like these two guys are heads and toe over a half a dozen of highly skilled earthbenders, you know? He's still in a loincloth and he's still shackled and he's telling them you're outmatched. And then proceeds to not just talk the talk, but walk the walk, good old Uncle Iroh, in a loincloth. They go to town just taking all these earthbenders. Really amazing action. Yeah. Really cool stuff. And then some firebending and you really get to see how strong Zuko is now becoming a man firebender and then how strong... The old firebender is their their beast. And again, they show a lot of firebending restraint. They are just busting moves yeah. that don't even they don't even need that much firebending. And that's impressive. I mean, they're battling other Very benders impressive. and yet they're not even using their bending for some of that. It I have to take my hat off for sure to them in that sequence because it's impressive. It's Why, impressive. And it's definitely not Why, Zuko you, just firing so him. Yeah. We appreciate that. He's not angrily firing off fireballs, you know? He's, like, very controlled. And so they win, right? And then Zuko, his first, like, as soon as they have a moment to take a breath, he's like, please do not be naked anymore. <laughs> Put some clothes on for the love. Enough is enough. Roku. Put enough some clothes is enough. on. That's right. Are you missing a loved one or even just a favorite item of clothing? We have your solution because two of history's greatest detectives have teamed up to track down whatever you've lost. Zulumbo Investigations is here to track down even your missingest belongings. If you used to know where it was, it's probably still out there somewhere. Contact us today for a quote. And remember... Yes? I forgot what I was going to say. And then we go back with Aang. Poor Aang. Still, now he's trying again. He's back out at the gates at sunset. It's nighttime. He's alone, looking for the spirit. Nothing's happening. Doesn't know what to do. And then suddenly the spirit, almost as like a gotcha moment, like busts out of the the village itself, wreaking more destruction. Like, oh, you thought I was going to come from there? Guess what? I'm already here. I'm right behind you. And... It totally creates more damage and Katara's like, you know, telling Aang to run and, you know, she's like, get away, get away, get away. And instead, Aang's like, no, I got to talk to this guy. Now I think I may know how to quote unquote talk to him. And he gets out in front of the spirit 
and he puts his hand kind of where you like your third eye, you know, sort of that chakra, right? Um, the same place that the dragon whisker uh, touched Aang. And exactly. he has this communication with him, right? He has a communication and he says he understands now that he is the, the panda spirit. And you're, he's upset for the scorched earth that, that, that Aang saw early in the show, if we recall. And also Aang was very upset about the same scorched earth, but he also let the panda spirit know that his friend said that with these acorns, it's going to be born again. A rebirth is going to happen. There's hope. And he shows him the, the acorns. And miraculously, this like blinking thing happens. And then we see the black and white spirit actually kind of morph into the cutest black and white panda. Yeah. I kind of like that. I was like, oh my God, that was a panda the whole time. It's just scary as heck looking. That was like a nightmare panda. Like yeah. The nightmare panda. Yeah. And then he turned to a nice looking panda. And then the panda turns around and walks into the forest, walks out the gate. He sort of leaves some like bamboo scraps behind. It's like very, it's a little, it's, it's very mystical. I think because... it just kind of like grows behind him. Yeah. As he walks then... away, like, and then all of a sudden a bunch of people, including Saga, come running out of the bamboo fields, like field of dreams. It's just people coming out of the cornfields. All of a sudden, like, damn, how many people did this guy take? A gang of them. <laughs> it was a problem. It was a problem. It was a body <laughs> snatcher. And then Katara and Sokka meet, and she's like, you've been in the spirit world for 24 hours. And Sokka's like, yeah, yes. and I really have to go to the bathroom. You had to pee. You can't pee. That is the biggest problem with the spirit realm. You can't pee in the spirit world. You, and you just have, you go in with whatever you got. And so then the head of the village, good old head of the village. Oh, head guy? Head guy ask how they can repay or help the team avatar and the avatar and the gang. You know, Sokka's like, we need some money. <laughs> Sokka don't care. Sokka's like, we need some money and some food. How about that? Practical. I've That's a good take. Don't, yeah, don't look that gift horse in the mouth. Just say yes. Say, give me this. Give me this. They said they would be honored and, they, and they're going to gear them up. But then uh, Aang has to kind of tell them kind of what went on in the spirit world for him, right? Yeah, um, he's like, guess what, guys? We got to get me to this uh, place so that I can have a conversation with Avatar Roku about this comet thing. But also where we have to go is in the middle of the Fire Nation. And that's maybe going to be a problem. It's maybe going to be a problem. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And that's how we end the episode. That's how we end the episode. Shout out to Princess Mononoke. That's an anime that we know that that Mike and Brian were fans of. And I think we even know, like, in some of the interviews, some real cool behind-the-scenes interviews that, 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 that were with the animators, that there was, you know, there's some inspiration there as well. And um, and so there's some cool parallels Um between this and that, uh, even right down to the acorns. So check that out. If you haven't seen that movie, we don't want to spoil it for you or foreshadow report it for you. But uh, let's let's quickly cover our Animal Crossing. We have the panda spirit. Mm-hmm. We have Fang, Avatar Roku's spirit dragon. We have the Komodo rhinos. We have the meadow vole. We have the ostrich horses. This is a zoo of delightful creatures in this episode a lot of animals very excited to see all of those but some of them are not like the panda's just a panda 
And the panda turns into a scary dragon. panda. Scary panda. Spirit animals. We don't know the rules about spirit animals. We don't really know much about them. This is We're our first sure. intro. Most valuable bending moment. There is a lot going on in this episode. A lot of bending. Do you have... I don't know. On one side of the story, there's not a lot of bending going on. Not a lot of bending with with Avatar Aang. Yeah. So it'd have to kind of go upon... I'm sure Uncle Iroh really enjoyed his, his hot tub. I mean, That's that what I was going to say. That was very important. I was going to say, listen, this is just our opinion. This isn't, you know, fans. We want to hear from the fans what their most valuable bending moment. We're not saying it's canon. For us today in this moment and how we're feeling as we walk away from the recap, what resonated with us, you and I were both real into the hot springs. Let's own it. I think the Let's hot springs own is... It. is I own. I'm, I'm with you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna co-sign that with you because the thing about it is, if you think about the whole episode, that's the catalyst for the whole. If if he wasn't bending the hot springs and wasn't enjoying his jacuzzi, he would be with Zuko. The Earthbenders never would have got him. They never would have gotten this whole Earthbending mess and to yeah. begin with. So it may so be the, the most valuable, the but thing. also the worst. <laughs> yeah, the, the best and worst, but it's the most. <laughs> but it's but certainly the it. most, that's the most meaningful. For me. I'm great with it. I'm great with it. it I'm, it's I agree cool. with you. It, it's cool. Yeah, it looked Earth, great. You know, I mean, firebenders oh, great. don't need to buy jacuzzis because they can always have jacuzzis anytime they want. Yeah, their hot water bill. They have water. Nothing because they can. Yeah, they can do it themselves. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Most uh, valuable non-bending in the episode. I mean. To me, it's the Zuko kick of the boulders for Uncle Iroh's about to get his hands smashed he was about to get maimed yeah but he had faith that zuko was coming to get him he might have had another plan when this was yeah. happening but he lay that sandal down slipper and it wasn't a bending yeah the sandal down was pretty good but when he was about to get crushed on his hands and then zuko just wasn't bending he just flying yeah. kicked the boulder out the way yeah i agree yet at the same time i gotta go with the communication and it's weird because it's like, I don't, it's almost bending. So it falls into a weird in-between, almost like the in-between of the spirit world and the real world touching each other. Ah, It's like an in-between mm-hmm. bending moment to mark the significance of this episode with the spirit world is the moment of Aang being able to reassure the spirit because that is a moment where he gets to do his job as the Avatar. He actually gets to talk to the spirit, you know, comfort it give it hope, remind it yes. that even though destruction can happen, there can be rebirth. I mean, I understand what you're saying. It's very doing his job. He turns that scary spirit into back into a panda, which is important so he doesn't destroy this town. Yeah. And there's always like a very ecological thing about when he's talking to the panda about the earth and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. not overly hitting on the heavy on the head, but I, I feel it there, you know? Yeah. It's lovely. And it's it's lovely. Life and stuff like that. It is Absolutely. Lovely. But you know what? You can have yours because mine is an in-between. We get both of them. We get both of them. Yeah. This like most valuable bending, most valuable non-bending, most valuable in-between bending. So we had a I mean, triple header. There's a lot of people came out of those bushes. They, he was snatching a lot of bodies. <laughs> so that was, he needed to handle that. That's right. Uncle Iroh could have been maimed. Could have had no hands. That's right. The dragon of the, 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 dragon of the West could have been handless. They just smashed just little stumps. Hands. 
Oh, I'm real glad that didn't happen. Yeah, they really they really went their mind like, uh, you know what we should do? Just take this Mm-mm. guy's hands off. Very Game of Thrones. Remember when they cut off Jamie yeah. Lannister's hand? Very That's Game of were... Thrones. Pre-Game of Thrones, Game and of Thrones. And this is before Game of Thrones. Maybe Game of Thrones was watching this and said, guess what we should do? Yeah. Let's cut off Jamie Lannister's hand. Could be. I wouldn't Could be past him. be. Luckily, that didn't happen to Iroh. We're all very glad about that. I feel like thank you so much, my buddy, for making me laugh, laugh, laugh and giving me a new perspective on many things in the episode, profound things. And also just that you would call what he was wearing a slipper. I've learned a lot and I loved it. I loved every second of it. What would you what would you call that thing? I don't know. I mean, I would call it like a sandal or even maybe a flip flop or maybe it's a slipper. It's a slipper. When you said he picks up the slipper, it just sounded so Cinderella to me. That was the issue I had with it. <laughs> I still like it. I do feel you on the Cinderella thing. Yeah, and I have decided I think you're right. I mean, it you can call it a slipper. It is a slipper, so everyone wins. And speaking of everyone winning, next week we have a very special guest we'll be hanging with. Oh, I'm so happy our schedules finally matched up to make this happen. We are going to be talking to Ang himself, Zach Tyler Eisen. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, love doing this with you, buddy. We'll see everybody next Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you guys next week.